When you're driving, speed bumps force you to slow down. Some are big, some are small. Regardless of the size, they can really mess up your car if you go over them too fast. In this go, go, go world, society tends to have a negative view of speed bumps. But in my opinion, they don't have to be a bad thing. We all go through speed bumps in life, such as getting married, a spiritual awakening, having children, changing jobs, a trauma, and more. In this podcast, you will hear the various speed bumps that people have encountered and how those experiences have shaped them into the person they are now. Because every story has speed bumps, and that is what makes life interesting. everyone. I wanted to welcome you to another episode of Speed Bumps. And today with me, I have Micah. I met him in a Telegram chat uh, where we had a mutual podcast in common and we would talk about a lot of different things. And when he found out that I was looking for people to come on my podcast, he's like, hey, can I come on your podcast? I want to share my story. So I'm super excited to have him on today. So thank you for reaching out and volunteering, Mike. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. So I always start if I remember sometimes I don't um, to ask people tell me two things you love about yourself or two of your favorite things about yourself so I'd have to say the first thing would be uh just I never no matter what my favorite thing is no matter how bad things get I never give up I love that I drive just never give up and it's like the worst things get the, the worse life gets and harder everything gets, the more I work hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then another thing I love is I've never lost my, like, you know how people, when they grow up, they're not the same as theirs when they're kids, like, always joking around and stuff. I've never really lost that. Like, I can run around the store, put mask on, and joke around with my family, and they don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> You're the perpetual kid. Yeah, and stepson loves it, though. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I should probably be more childlike if I'm being honest. So I appreciate the people that have retained that inner child. Yeah, it's great. And just like not having your phone on you and just living in the moment. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Not uh not worried about social media and what other people are doing or mm-hmm. saying or whatever. It's just you're, you know, you're enjoying the people that you're with yeah. or the experience and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot so, of people, they don't realize that that aspect is part of your inner child. And so that I, I like that you pointed that out. Mm-hmm. So, so I know, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to start off. So I was born premature three, I think three and a half months. Okay. Um, when I came out, I was, I had the umbilical cord wrapped around me. I was, um. They had to do a C-section on my mom because I was trying to come out with my legs and hands out first. Yep, yep. breach. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so they had to do a C-section when I was in the hospital, I think, for three months in the ICU. And I died once when I was in there. And everyone around me had to learn how to do CPR because I died two times outside of the hospital also. How old were you when those happened? I think I was only like four months old, five months old. Okay, so you were little at all. Yeah. Or like it's a mar- like even me being born with how small I was, it was a miracle. Yeah. Say. 
it was crazy, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the go ahead years to growing up, you know, mom and dad weren't together. So that was like, I'd see other parents and kind of, you know, it was normal for me and my brother growing up. We didn't really get it until we got older that they weren't together. And we had a stepmom. And yeah, so things were going good. And then elementary school would get bullied all the time. And our dad started drinking more. And there was, there was lots of abuse. There would be moments uh, if we didn't turn around in time, he'd just whip us all over the body with the belt. That's not okay. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it's crazy because the state just doesn't, it's like the state doesn't care. Because my mom and her boyfriend at the time took pictures, went to court and stuff, and they were like, well, nothing really happened. CPS showed up, and CPS would show up all throughout our childhood at the home. And it was just bad. I'll just be over just little things too. Like I don't like to talk bad about my dad because I have a good relationship with him now, but I'm just not in his life anymore. Um, was it? Did the state never do anything? Because like they never caught it in action. Like was that what they were looking for? Unfortunately, like as bad I, as that sounds, I'm don't even know. I don't even know if they even cared. It's like that because it's just as growing up. There'd be other times like I. I remember, like, there's so many instances I would just, and because it should be talking at the dinner table and just get smacked and stuff, he'd just be drinking. Like, I remember one time because we had to do chores, and one of the chores was filling up the ice trays, and he uh, was super mad we didn't fill up, and he started smacking me around. But he, um, yeah, he was, when he wasn't drinking, he was a great dad. When he was, trying to be a dad around us he was very tired because how long he worked and so our stepmom was she was our mom also growing up yeah but yeah and then i have an older brother isaiah and we did everything together and we childhood great and our step and our like uh Alan's boyfriend ben at the time was still i still talk to him and stuff great guy that's awesome he was in life for a long time he coached all of our basketball like any sport we'd play he'd coach it he'd get us really <laughs> good at it we'd play it with him all the time <laughs> and we'd play, go and play kick the can out at uh, this park at night it was pretty fun what was yeah. the allure of the game kick the can like it was just because it was at night or like oh it made it because it's harder to see people so we'd hide behind trees and stuff at the park we'd have a couple of us set up and we'd have players on and then someone would watch the can and then he could just run up faster and just kick it <laughs> <laughs> I'd always get caught <laughs> my brother and Ben were good at it <laughs> yeah I'm uh I'm not a fast runner if yeah. I it's that meme like if you ever see me running you should probably be running with me because something bad is behind me because I don't run <laughs> <laughs> and then like um let's go ahead to uh and so then I got like I remember my brother we grew up all the abuse kept happening we got I got bullied dealt with loss of racism in school We'd get called spick and butt back a lot. Um, and then it got like so bad, I'd get followed home from school by a group of kids all the way home on their bikes, like, following me home. And they try to fight me on my property and stuff. And then 
I got in trouble with that because they ended up, me and my brother ended up, because they fought us and we ended up beating them all. It was like three other kids. And then their dad came to the door and tried to get the law involved. It was crazy because it was, these kids were bullying me for so long. And then as soon as something, like I did something about it, I got in trouble. I even got detention. They tried to get me in trouble with the law too. It's crazy. I've heard like uh, basically that version of that story so many times where like kids are bullied and they just, they put up with it. They put up with it. They put up with it. And then as soon as they stand up for themselves, then the bullies like freak out and like, Oh my gosh, he's so mean. And, and then the person who was getting bullied ends up getting in trouble. And you're like, wait a minute here. How does this work? Yep. And I was in the karate at the time. So I was like, I was trying not to fight anybody because I knew how to defend myself and stuff. And I didn't want right. to hurt anybody. Right. Because my sensei even said, do not try to look for fights. Don't try to, if you want to be peaceful as you can, I would meditate and do all these things. And then, uh, yeah, that happened. Go a few more years. My brother's getting ready to go to college. He goes to college and the abuse just got really bad. And one time it got so bad to the point where I was, uh, me, we were sitting down having dinner and, I got some soda from my uncle's house and he, I had some and my sister was trying to get some and he freaked out that I had soda down in my bedroom and it turned into this whole thing. And he found I was really depressed and I was going through suicidal things also at the same time, tendencies, just really depressed because I was getting beat at home and bullied at school. Understandable. And then he, uh, found a notebook I had with a suicide note I had written in it and he ended up smacking me around and had me a gun and telling me to kill myself. He's like, you're a fucking coward. And yeah, he uh, started, I would try to grab my phone and then my stepmom grabbed it. And that's when things got crazy because he thought I swung at her and he was I don't know if he was so drunk or just so angry. But I was trying to grab my phone. He's like, because I was trying to call the cops call another family member yeah and she goes i'm taking the kids and leaving i'm done with this and he ends up choking me slamming my head into the wall in the bathroom taking me out choking me more chokes me till i pass out once and i'm trying to like i'm literally think i'm about to die like, he's about to kill me i'm fighting for my life as a it's like 16 year old kid and yeah i did that and then he choked me again till i passed out then i woke up he called my uncle on my mom's side because I wasn't allowed because he didn't want to get his image ruined with his side of his family. He didn't want them to. So he came over. I didn't want him to get in trouble with the, the law and stuff. Didn't want him to call on stuff because I have a little brother and sister. I didn't want them to go into foster care or anything like that. Because I knew how bad it was because my eye was all bruised and everything. I had red marks around my neck were the little brother and sister were they your they were your step siblings then or your half siblings half siblings half siblings so how old were they were they like elementary age middle school age she my little sister was 10 years younger than me at the time so she was like six and my little brother was just a baby okay so they were like little little yeah yeah so why i'm curious like what did your mom do at this point? And like, did your my mom, uncle? My yeah. mom was in Florida at the time. So my uncle contacted her gotcha. and they had plants and stuff. And they figured out, Hey, if we can, one of her friends worked for the uh, police force and, and where I used to live. Mm-hmm. 
And he's like, yeah, he can actually go to his family in another state. And he's old enough where he's fleeing for safety reasons. And so they got me on a plane ticket. I went to Florida and my um, I was talking to my my uncle and cousin and they're both uh, DEA agents mm-hmm. and FBI guys. And they were like, we can get him in trouble if you want. I'm like, no, I'm not. And they were like, yes, because I talked to him after I came. They paid for my plane ticket, all this stuff. Just, I never met him before in my life, and they were just like, your family. He's like, it doesn't matter, your blood. Which was cool. I haven't had some, like, growing up, me and my brother were always treated different than everyone else. Like, different within the family, or like your friends? Family. Okay. And it was very noticeable. Very noticeable. But, uh, yeah, so I finished. I was really depressed in Florida. I ended up finishing high school there, coming back to Montana. And then I started a, started contracting because my dad was contracting at the time. He's like, you can make a lot of money doing this. And so I did that for a while with him. It was roofing, concrete work, carpentry. I mean, those skills... Contracting skills never. I mean, how would say never go out of style? Because it's so cliche. But you, I feel like you can do so much with them. Those are very valuable skills. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so I was working on a roof one time, and I, uh, it was bad. It was like this. The pitch was, it was like a twelve twelve. And it yeah, was like very, very, very steep. Yeah, and I had to use a rope the whole time I was on. And my spider webbing, I didn't have a full four piece suit. I only had two piece. So it was a tornado damage roof, and it was at my my cousin's house we were working on and every the ice water sheets the everything started just falling off the roof and i was trying to grab on my spider webbing didn't catch i ended up falling like 10 feet and then i caught the rope and hit the side and i made an imprint on siding a whole body imprint on siding yeah and i hung there and it like everything rang i passed out for like 10 seconds and i could hear like screaming my cousin and i'm calling my dad my dad came over so I ended up saying that it was a, instead of what it was, I said that it was a, we went to the doctor because I didn't want my insurance to get increased. Like my contracting insurance. So I said yeah. that it was a four-wheeler accident. And I flipped the four-wheeler, <laughs> which is stupid at the time. I should have just said the truth because I would have done more and seen, hey, let's do x-rays, do this. Yeah. But at the time, they did. I think they did do one X-ray, and they just it said it looked normal. They didn't look at disc or anything like that. Okay. And then so it's, I did that for a while, and then I did irrigation. I had a uh, guy I used to work with first job, Philip. Worked with him, and he uh, was doing irrigation excavation, and so I I did that for a few years under him, and got really good at. Where I was doing jobs by myself, and me and him were taking different houses on. And then we start installs and I finish them. Like, oh, so like God. sprinkler systems or like, <laughs> okay. We'd work on sprinkler systems, farm irrigation, uh, worked on solar panels, bunch of, bunch of fun stuff. Did landscaping by myself. It was pretty fun. When you had that roofing accident, you're talking about like ice and things like that. So were you like on the roof in the winter or? No, it's just what it's called is ice and water. Okay. The stuff, the underlayment is called ice oh. and water on it. 
Sorry. Okay, because okay, I'm like, why would you be on a roof from tornado damage in the middle of winter? But I'm like, I know Montana can have, like, really crazy, like, weather and stuff. So I felt like I needed to, like, clarify. Like, I was very confused. <laughs> yeah, ice and water is the underlayment on it. Oh, okay, okay. So there was just, like, holes in the roof or whatever, right? Yeah, the underlayment just came off, and it's what the, the shingles, the underlayment will stay there, the tieback, like, the tieback wrap, the ice and water, and it'll lay there, and the shingles will lay on top once the shingles, once the stuff on underlayment's taken out, then everything will just come right off. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, that makes more sense. And the cardboard was, well, not the cardboard, but the board. The hardy board. But, okay. Yeah. That makes more that sense. One of the most terrifying moments in my life, that feeling, falling and having no, you know, like, oh, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Is it that la- when your back got first messed up? Yeah. And then I was, uh, moved, did road construction for a while, moved to Lewistown. Well, I met my fiance in Lewistown. And then I ended up uh, moving here. Uh, we got, we've been engaged for a year now, but together for four, it's have a stepson, he's six, he's, he's great, we have a daughter, and she's one, but, um, yeah, they, uh, <laughs> the kids cracking up, all of them, but they, um, yeah, when the second time was, I was working for this company, it was before Zayna was born, it was at the, the company in town, I'm not going to name it, I went to bend over to pick up a rink, and I went to go up, and they heard just, <laughs> And just like a bunch of, I had a bunch of muscles torn in my back and ligaments, and I fell. And I was overworking for this guy and lifting stuff I wasn't supposed to be lifting, so it made sense. <laughs> but then I uh, had a whole whole ordeal with that guy because before this happened, sorry, I'm everywhere. <laughs> no, no, you're good. I. Um, it- it's what I've realized is when people go to tell their stories and I, I did this too. Like you realize all these little interconnecting pieces. And so don't feel bad. It's okay. So before that, we, uh, the same manager, the guy, there was a fraud, something happened and they were putting money in my account, trying to threaten me and stuff. And I went to the police to report it, reported this bank. And the guy I was working for, was like, the money was getting put in my account and I talked to my bank to get it. And they were going to be working on putting it back there. Like he, didn't do anything and i had the fbi even got involved was investigating because they were like i found out they've been tracking these people for like a long time we've ever been doing this and so i go to work one day i tell about it i come back he's like my money's not on my account but this year you're going to jail he's like if it's not back by time you come back from work today you're going to jail and i'm like oh really so wait hang on no evidence i i need i i'm confused so, so it was almost like a money laundering thing where like they were putting, let's say money tw- from, they were taking money out of his account and putting it into mine. Why though? I don't know. It was weird. They do that all the time. Apparently I was talking to the bank and I had a letter with the FBI seal on it and I gave it to the police and it was saying they, they do this. They just, it's what they do all the time and they try to threaten people. Oh, like claiming that like you stole money or something. Yeah, They try to threaten you and be like, oh, oh you don't. I know, like, they were trying to get me to send it to him. I got a text message, and it's like, and it was random. and found a text message saying they had all my information. Yeah, it was weird. That's so, that's so bizarre. 
like so if they put in i'm gonna make something up if they put in like 20 dollars were they asking like 500 yeah i'll explain no they put like took ten thousand dollars out of this guy's account and put it in mine yeah and i'll explain so i was used wi-fi at mcdonald's one time and while i was working for my youth wi-fi and did banking and they said that if you do banking on wi-fi that can happen and I was on my app and everything, and someone got on it and all the information from that, from Wi-Fi. So, I think, so, I recently had, um, not recently, like four or five months ago, someone somehow got my social security number. So, I'm in Connecticut. Took my social security number. They were in Texas. Gave my social security number to the bank, which happened to be Chase. And they withdrew a large amount from my savings and my checking in two separate things and first it was like 20 bucks just to like see you know if something was and then they did a much larger amount and when I went to Chase I eventually got everything back because I was like I didn't authorize these I'm not in Texas uh, and I'm white but when they looked on the security camera it was a black woman doing it so I'm like, that's clearly not me. I don't know yeah. who this person is. Like, I haven't been to Texas since like 2009. Like, I I don't know who this person is. That's crazy. And you know how when you fill out medical forms, a lot of time dental forms, you have to put your social security number. At the University of Pittsburgh, like their medical center, there was a giant hack that they didn't tell people about. And they think that's how they got my social security number. Wow. That's so, crazy. fun fact, people, you do not have to put your social security number on medical forms. You can put all zeros, and that's what I'm doing in the future. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> that's good information to have. Yeah, they say it's because if you don't, like, pay your medical bills, it's a way to, like, track you down. But you give them your address, you give them everything else, they take your driver's license, like, they don't need your social. Like, don't give that information out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I won't be doing that no more. Same, same. <laughs> so we can learn from each other. I won't make on Wi-Fi, and you won't put your social yep. security number on medical forms. <laughs> yep, I won't make on Wi-Fi. Yep, I learned that lesson after that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it was bad because he was up at the sheriff station defamating my character and stuff. This because he thought I stole from him, and then I went to the bank, and they were like, "We banked at the same bank," and I was switching banks, and the bank person's like, "So when are you going to get his money back?" And I'm like the banks were working on it i was like he needs to be coming in and doing the stuff he didn't go into the bank that much until i started telling him that he needs to go into the bank they need you you got to figure stuff out with your account i can't do access any of your account information yeah but yeah that got all taken care of and then like he was like sorry not sorry basically he's like it was your fault but it wasn't he's like and it was just the way he said sorry it was just shitty yeah yeah (laughs) But the guy whose money the account came from, it was he just a random it. guy, or it was it was, was my the... manager, and that, that was the guy they were the FBI was trying to catch. No, they were trying to catch the person that was taking the money out. That, that, so, that was my question. Yeah, so it was just in, he, he... they was taking the money out of both accounts. So it was taking money out of his account, putting it in mine, and they were giving themselves checks and stuff like they they accessed because I was depositing checks on my phone, and I deposited a check on my phone at McDonald's on Wi-Fi. Did, okay, so did they actually do anything with these people that were like taking the money? They, because 
they tried to. They tried to. They said that they uh, it showed them popping up in Texas, China, like Japan, just all over. Because so I had to file with Connecticut where I'm at plus Texas because that's where it happened. And both places were like, "Well, did you get your money back from the bank?" I was like, "Well, yeah, they re like they gave it back." They're like, "Okay, well, they're not going to do anything then." I was like, "So this person yeah. just gets away yeah. with it?" And I got a letter. I got a letter, and it had the FBI seal on it. They even had that, and they were like trying to track them. They were like, "But they don't think they'll ever." They're like, "Their chances of catching them are slim to none." But at least the FBI cared enough to try and do something. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild, though. It's wild. Yeah. And then I had the injury while I was working out in Sapphire Village. I had that injury a week later. <laughs> and then he didn't want me to do workman's comp. He's like, just go. After the one day we went home from work, he made me wait five hours. I couldn't move my legs, really. Uh, made me wait five hours to go back to the place. He's like, just have a beer and ibuprofen. Oh, that's great. And so I went home. The next day, I couldn't even move my legs. Like, it was hard to get out of bed. And I called him. I was like, hey, I need to do workman's comp. And he was all mad, throwing a big fit in there. And then I did workman's comp. And then I was doing uh, physical therapy through the state. They were paying me and stuff. And it was, I was just getting paid for, I wasn't even getting paid for, like, I was getting two-thirds, maybe, of what I was supposed to be getting. And that's more than getting the whole paycheck, but still. I was getting that, and, like, it felt like the state worker, the state physical, like, I went to the state, uh, the doctor, and it felt like he didn't really care, the workman's comp doctor, and then the workman's comp physical therapist. I just felt like he didn't, like, he, he cared, but it was like he just, I don't think they were paying enough for him to be able to do everything for me. Because it wasn't, it didn't work. The stuff he did, yeah, it worked. It worked when I was doing it, and then, like, I kept doing it, and it just stopped working after a few months. Yeah, I feel like workman's comp, or if you're ever like in an auto accident, like, then you have to go see like the insurance company doctors. It's mm-hmm. just, it's not. Someone has to get all C's in med school. Yeah. Okay. And they, yeah. they're still called a doctor. Okay. And yeah. physical therapists and whatever. So I feel like those doctors, the ones that get all C's and like just barely pass, mm-hmm. those are the ones that become the doctors for the state and shit. And that works with comp. I had to go through a whole thing because they were trying to see is this from the back injury from the roof? Because if it is, he's not getting covered. And so I went through that whole ordeal. They were under investigation, checking it. And then I got passed because it's a completely different injury. They found I tore my bottom muscles yeah. like the top muscles on my back and the ligaments and that was super painful for a long time and then i started to i switched jobs while well, i was out i was out for like a good nine months ten months and that's when the pain really started and didn't stop i started having pains throughout my whole body i felt like i was being electrocuted all the time i had muscle spasms all the time throughout my body and continually so i talked to my doctor workman's comp was over and before i got done with workman's comp and everything and i was going to be going back to the other job because he's like the manager said oh you're broken you can't come back to work he's like i've seen he's like i've seen guys like that and they're ruined or like they, that ruins their body they're, you're broken and he's like, I'm just going to fire you before you can return to work. And I was like, I even told him, I was like, don't do that. You're going to get in trouble with the state. And then he's like, no, it's fine. I'll tell them myself. And I'm like, okay. 
and then he ended up getting fined for it. And he was mad about that, but... Yeah, you can't fire fun. someone who's still on workman's yeah. comp, people. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work yeah. that way. <laughs> and then he, uh... And he even told them, oh, it's because of the injury, I fired him. And it was like, yeah, you're getting fined. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so... Then... I, uh... in physical therapy was looking for a job and then I worked at this other place cooking food for old people it was, it was great like elderly people they weren't all old but they, it was like an old folks home okay. so I'd cook them their dinner make a side I'd have to make gluten free stuff but I was lifting too much there and then I started going back to the doctor after a while because I was like the pain's just not stopping and it was just I was like I waited too long and I should have Shouldn't have, and then they decided to put me on a bunch of different medications to help with the pain. The first thing they put me on was uh, gabapentin. Yep. And they did like 30 milligrams of that, and then I told them it wasn't working, and then I switched up to 100. And, oh, it gets worse. <laughs> okay, so just, just for size real fast, you're like, you don't look more than like, you can't be more than 200 pounds. Okay, so that is it. That is it. Okay. Yeah. And I was, oh, but I, uh, um, yeah, and then went to the doctor more, and then I got prescribed to a spinologist, did x-rays, got an epidural. I uh, find out through the doctor, he's like, well, we can prescribe an epidural to help with the pain. And so I went and got an epidural, and it did literally nothing for me. And I, there, no antibot, like no, nothing to ease the pain of it. And they put it in my back, so I felt it go into my spine. And I mean, it was painful, but I was used to pain at that point. And then, because I wasn't really sleeping at all, I started to have to use a cane to get around. Like, a little, like an old man. <laughs> Bad. And then, me and my, uh, or, okay, sorry. No, you're good. So a spinologist, I went and saw him. We did x-rays. And then he found out, he's like, you have a crushed disc. And it's degenerating. It's like crushed like this and squishing in yeah. my spine. And he's like, you need to sit down. He's like, I was like, why? And he's like, you just need to sit down. I have to tell you something. You need to sit down. That's never good. Yeah. And my fiance at the time is pregnant. And I was like, I just want to be able to hold my daughter and stuff when she's bored. And be able to walk with her and then he's like oh he's like i gotta tell you some bad news he's like first of all you'll never not be in pain he's like this is one of the worst type of injuries you can get for pain what he was telling me because it's right on the nerves that it's squishing it mm-hmm. and he's like second of all you'll never be able to do physical activity again he's like you won't be able to run won't be able to hike i was like i won't be able to even hike or do anything he's like no he's like your body will not be able to handle it and he's like, and he's like, I can prescribe prescriptions. He's like, but he was talking about, he's like, well, if this doesn't work, then we can go the other route of uh, doing surgery. He's like, but we don't want to do surgery for 10 years because it's worse when you're younger. But so he became he your that, legal drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then he, uh, he prescribed me to do a bunch more medications. But before that, it was like when he told me that I sat there and it just crushed me. Like it yeah. just, just absolutely crushed me and gave, gave all took all my hope away. 
And I was like, my soul was just crushed. Because everything, like, everything just started ringing. Like, I just, I zoned out when you said that. Yeah. At that point, because I was like, wow. I'll never not be in pain and stuff. I've been in so much pain. And I was like, I fought for so long. And she finally convinced me. She's like, you need to get a medical card. You need to get a medical marijuana card. Your fiance? Yeah, you need to do something for the pain. And I was trying to do all that. And I did, I did all that. And that helped for a while. So I was getting to the point I wanted to kill myself because the pain was just so bad. Yeah. And people don't live long with this because they do end up killing themselves because of the pain. And they, uh, so I get that and I was smoking, like it was, it was fine, but then I had to do like insane amounts to where it would kill the pain. And I was like, this isn't, I was like, this, this isn't working. Like nothing's working. And the prescriptions that doctor prescribed me on was cyclobenzaprine. Yeah, muscle relaxer. And then I was on siloxicab. Yep. I was on 200 milligrams to get a siloxicab. And I was on, I think I had to take, stop taking siloxicab. And then I went on meloxicam, 15 milligrams. Yep. And then they upped my rear mountain prescription for gabapentin, the spinologist, to 900 milligrams a day. Y'all can't see my face, but he can see, I I said, the podcast, the audience can't see my face, but you can see my face. And I have this look of what the fuck. Um, Yeah. I started to turn into Mike Tyson. Like I was stuttering. I wasn't talking as good. I was falling over a lot. What a lot of people don't realize, I think with gabapentin is I had it, like they tried to give it to me for me. And everyone's different. I'm going to preface that. Everyone is different. For some people, it's a lifesaver. For me, it didn't work at all. And it gave me horrible side effects. Like like you were saying, like I couldn't talk. Like I felt like my, I had this weird brain fog. And then for and me, my, it almost intensified my pain in this really weird mm-hmm. way. Yeah, that's what it did for me. My muscle spasms got worse. Now it was yeah. Body. Like, now yeah. It felt like. And I would... Uh, to tell you so when i was younger they prescribed me adhd and i was on ritalin for like 10 years and then they switched me from that to full-on synthetic methamphetamine for a while so i don't know if that stuff caused problems but so i was were you ever told obviously probably when you were a kid but like when you went to all these doctors after your spine injury and stuff were you ever told hey this prescription could cause these side effects or was it just hey let's find out and see what happens he said, oh, these causes this side effects, but they're not like, like he didn't tell me anything about gabapentin side effects. Didn't tell me about the meloxicam, siloxicab. And then I started to, uh, I went to get my other epidural spinal tap. And I went and did that in Billings at this hospital. And then I ended up having a spinal leak. So I call it the spinal headache. And the doctor's like, the chances of getting these are extremely, extremely rare. They're like one in a couple million, one in 10 million or something. And I end up getting that. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And they end up, and that was a few, a few days later, I started having the, the spinal leak and a spinal headache. And it was crazy because it was like all the light piercing my eyes. It would go into my brain or my brain would just like, felt like it was just exploding like on the outside, like the back. And then it would shoot like electric shocks through my skeleton, like bones and muscles. It felt like when I was seeing light and then I had to go to the hospital and 
they had to hook me up to an EKG. They did CAT scans, MRIs, and they all came back normal. But they said if you have these for longer than twelve hours, they can actually shut everything down and kill you. The spinal headaches. Well, so what can happen is for people who don't know, you have cerebral spinal fluid in your spinal column and things like that. And think of it like a pressure regulator. And when it leaks out, it your body can regenerate it, but not fast enough oftentimes when there's a leak. And so those headaches are one of the first signs of um, there's a problem with an epidural. And so the fact that they were just like, oh, yeah, this is bad, but we can't do anything just blows my mind because. Yeah, well, he's like, well, we can do a blood patch to help ease the pain. But he's like, if it doesn't go away in a certain amount of hours, we're going to have to do something. It was like, there's really nothing we can do. <laughs> and so it was the guy that gave me the epidural shot. His brother came in and did the blood patch. Took blood out of my arm, put it in my spine in the area where they put the epidural, where they put the spinal tap. And so that helped. It was like, it was extremely painful. And I was like, felt super inflammated in my spine mm-hmm. for a while. But yeah, at the time I was having, I'd go to the bathroom. I'd have a little bit more come out after I would, and it'd be like a, the whole time right or like be before in the morning if i wouldn't really be able to hold anymore especially on all these medications yeah i mean and that's what's scary too like i feel like a lot of pregnant women when they go for c-sections and stuff they get epidurals or even if they don't have c-section they get epidurals and i feel like a lot of women have absolutely no idea and this isn't to say that this is going to happen to everyone but my point is is people aren't told just like you weren't told like so many things were just oh just trust us we're a doctor and then we have these side effects were you ever t- told that you're crazy for these side effects or like oh that that, that can't be causing I have family that members that say that none of these things i don't have any of these things and that i'm completely fine and it's all in my brain yeah and i'm like you haven't been around me in how many years you haven't seen me you haven't seen the falls you haven't seen how hard it was for me how i went from physical to how I wasn't able to even lift up five pounds with my legs. I think I a lot of people who don't understand those who have chronic pain is you may look normal right on the outside, like maybe use a cane or whatever, but you look normal. And, but like on the inside, I was in pain 24 seven. I was like, I wanted, I, I would sleep in maybe two hours a night maybe and if i wrote like moved in my sleep i'd wake up i and i was like i was telling them like i needed reef my they weren't able to refill my prescriptions and i was like come on like i was like i need my prescriptions like a shot like i just either that or a shotgun shell is what i told them which was horrible to say but i'm like oh we'll see what we can do and then i ended up in january getting having to wait because they're like well you have to see the doctor get more prescriptions refilled and so i'm like i went through withdrawals from all that stuff and so I was sick at the same time, and I started listening to podcasts. And then I started listening, found Wim Hof, started trying different things. The mutual podcast we were listening to, yep. I found stuff, like I started psilocybin, yep. microdosing that, and it actually helped a lot. Like my brain just, just when I'm not nervous, it clicks way more now. <laughs> what? What's interesting is you mentioned when you were younger having like ADD or ADHD. And I know for me, because I was on a ton of prescriptions for so long, um, 
my brain like wasn't the same and I've never done I've never tried psilocybin or anything like that um but my I know my, it's like the connections aren't there I highly I highly recommend it because you don't if you microdose it you're not going to get go on a psychedelic trip you're re it's they've done studies and found out it's rebuilding new neural pathways and new connections in the brain so it's actually yeah, I, I know that's really big in like um combat vets with the, like ptsd and, and stuff PTSD, it helped me a lot with my ptsd with my my father and all the abuse it really helped with that yeah it's funny because i've had doctors like suggest like medical marijuana and um i had one doctor actually suggest microdosing and things like that and I, i've never done those things yeah. but i hear these stories like yours and like oh they really help and i'm like and I, well, I found how I really found out it really helped and everything, like, especially with nerves. Um, so I started doing that, started doing the Wim Hof method. I was like, I was like, I'm doing, I was like, the baby's coming. I'm doing whatever it takes to, so I can be able to hold her and be yeah. around her, be normal. And I was like, I don't care what it takes. I'm doing whatever. Like, I'm, I'm going to find a way. And I just became super driven after that. And well... Before that, we went and we saw a uh, chiropractor. We were at the wedding venue, and we saw, we went to this um, chiropractor there, and he's like, oh, let me, he's like, let me scan you real quick, and I was like, what? And I had a cane, I was walking around in there, and he's like, just, he's like, and then he did a scan and found out all, like, it showed all the nerves, endings and stuff, and it was like, all my nerve endings up here for my neck were completely shot, and for this side, shot. And everything for down here, like all my muscle control was gone, is what he saw on there. Is what he said. He's like, well, he's like, we'll figure something. He's like, he's like, he gave me a coupon for fifty dollars off for the first meeting, and then he, uh, I went and started seeing him, got my insurance to clear it, and he started seeing all oh, your muscles, like they're super tight and all this. So I started working on that. Started psilocybin, doing all the uh, meditating, Wim Hof, extreme cold. And it's amazing what the stuff does. After one month, he saw, like, it was, I went from black, 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 and red, and black's, mm -hmm. like, really, really bad. Yeah. It went from that to white, which is, like, no, it looked like there was no damage before. That's awesome. Yeah. But he also found out that my uh, three of the, I'm in uh, skeletal degeneration stage two. And my three of the six, three of the uh, bones in my neck were fused together. And the top one's actually squishing the lower part of my brain against my cranium. And so that's why, but yeah, the worse your skeletal degeneration gets, the more you can see through your bones on a cat, on a scan. And it's not that good looking. Did he say what causes that or like why? Because you look fairly yeah. young. Like, yeah, he said that could be because of the injury and on the disc with that and with the, the neck, with my brain, because it could have blocked the nutrient pathway, giving the right nutrients and everything. But So, I've, have you also had a decrease in then pain then too since doing some of this stuff? Yeah, I have. I have no, I used to have spinal headaches every day. I don't have, I haven't had a spinal headache in, I don't remember, a long time now. I don't have pain anymore. Um, I don't have muscle spasms anymore. I haven't been on the medication. I meditate daily. I microdose every day unless I 
I take a little break every few days and then a week and macro dose every now and then. But I, uh, I do, I kept doing this and then I got stronger and then I started going to the gym, working out more. And I've been going for three months now and I can lift about, I think 90 more pounds than I used to be able to. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So I have a question then, since you clearly proved all these doctors wrong that were like, oh, yeah. you know, you shouldn't lift, you shouldn't do this, you know, but th there, this chiropractor is saying, hey, you're yeah, in this stage two. He's like, yeah. But, he, but he's saying you're and in he's this like, like, we got to stop this. We don't want it to get to stage three because when stage three hits, cancer will form throughout your whole body and there's nothing we can do. So are there and like, and he's like, I don't want to be like, not like the dot like be like horrible but he's like we he's like well whatever we got to do we got to find and help because he's like you got kids and i was like yeah that's what i was does he have any suggestions for it he has been uh he's like uh get stressed de-stress don't have as much stress around you obviously yep drink lots and lots of water like high ph hydrogen water i didn't know this but there was higher amounts of hydrogen in the in the high pH water, like Ascension stuff, and that's what I drink for a long time. Okay. I stopped eating the way I ate. I ate all organic. Ate just, I don't eat anything chemicals. I don't eat much red meat. I don't eat pork. Uh, my diet's all anti-inflammatory. Nice. I switched that, and that helped a lot, too. And uh, I'm pretty excited what to, what to see on this next scan. That's awesome. Yeah, food can definitely be medicine, people. Yeah. Like, it's crazy how much I've, like, it's, you do these breathing techniques, you get to 45, you let the last breath out, you do three sessions of this, and you actually can feel your heartbeat, your blood pumping through your veins, you can control everything, it's crazy. I've gone outside in negative 10 degree weather and meditated for 10 minutes in my boxers, standing on the snow. No hypothermia. And that's because <laughs> of Wim Hof, right? Yeah, that method I've been practicing for a long time. And you, you learn how to control the body heat, like, I've, like, when I do it, I'll control, I'll tell my body what to like. And it's crazy. Some some of the times doing these different meditation techniques. So I do another meditation technique like I used to do in karate. I don't remember what it's called, but I do the same one. Mm -hmm. And I'll do the Wim Hof. And I really, like, I've seen things like, I've seen, it's weird. I've seen the, some of the same things as I have doing large amounts of mushrooms, psychedelics. Mm -hmm. And like the first time I did, I saw a translucent butterfly. Like the whole room went black and then a translucent butterfly. My eyes were covered, and this but butterfly was like it had a golden hue around the outside of it, and it was like purple, blue, and like rainbow. And it just felt really warm, and I saw that. And then I just I can't describe all the colors. It was just it was amazing. But then another time, I was meditating, and it was like whoa! And it was like I started to feel like I was floating out through my feet, and then I shot up, and then it was like it was weird. It was like I wasn't in my body. Like astral projecting, kind of. Yeah, yeah, that's what it felt like. Like, the, and then I went back down, like right away, because it was like I got scared, and then I did it again, and then I got up, and it was like I went through, like, I saw a spade, like I don't know if it's whatever. Yeah. I went through like the cosmos and stuff is what I saw, and then I got to like a white, like everything was just like golden white, like, and then I saw some other things, like I don't really know how to describe. <laughs> But it felt large amounts of like just love and joy. And then I went like back down. And then I did an, I did a large amount of mushrooms. 
and I decided I was going to meditate and do something. The mushroom trip was bad at first. I will say this. <laughs> so I was laying in bed and then like a skull popped up out of the ground and was screaming and blood was coming out. It was bad. It was crazy. Okay. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I went to the restroom, came back, put on Tibetan breathing, uh, Tibetan uh, bowl meditation. Yep. yep. And then I started doing, started meditating. And then I started seeing geometric shapes and like Egyptian symbols and just understanding everything. It was crazy. And then I went up and then I was like around some other beings and they had like their crazy wings and stuff. And they were, they were talking to me, but they weren't talking like mouth to mouth. Like they were talking to their minds to each other. And they were talking to me and I was like, I was, I didn't even know. I was just like, I asked them if my pain will ever go away and stuff. And they're like, yeah, you just got to keep going. And then I heard another voice and like shook me like the whole, and I felt like I wasn't in my body at this point. Like I was out and it <laughs> shook everything that talked. It was crazy. That's wild. Just keep pushing. You'll, you'll get through it. And then I got and got cocky and then I went back down. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> and so I was like, oh. So I'm working on being more humble and stuff. But I was like, I've this has made me way more humble than I used to be because I was like, I remember growing up doing wrestling and karate and how humbling that is. It makes you very like, and then getting older, like now I just I just want to help other people. Like I see other people that are younger, like my age and pain, and I, I'll recommend the stuff to them. I what to do to help them because it, it just I just feel like doctors just give up on you and Big Pharma doesn't care. And they just want to throw you on pills. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Yep. And yeah. another amazing uh, thing about mushrooms is they make you realize, like you look back and it makes you like see everything you're doing in your life and what to fix that you're doing wrong. Do you think those um, times that you died as a baby had any effect or, you know, allowed you to have these crazy experiences on mushrooms or do you I like do you think they're connected know, in any way to see really weird things when i was younger also okay i would see like ray beings in the room and stuff like when i was really younger but i know that there's shamans in our family on my mom's side and the caribbean side okay from a long line like our great grandma she was a shaman in puerto rico and she came to the island new york and became a witch doctor did your brother like see any of these things or like tell you that he saw any of these things when he was younger? Oh, I don't, don't really ask him about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I think he'd just laugh at me. I don't know. Well, I didn't know. I he... don't, I don't know. I don't want him to say that he saw them things too. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can see it both ways. Cause if he didn't see them. Okay. Well, why are you saying like, if you did right, see them? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then it was like, yeah, I've seen, like, when I meditate, it's like, I just go somewhere else, I can just, it's crazy how fast it feels, like, you travel and stuff when you do this stuff, and just how you feel every time you do it, it brings out something, it'll bring out a deep feeling inside, like, one time I did it for one hour, and I got done, and I just started crying, I didn't know why, and I guess I just need to get it out, and it felt great, and then another time I did it, and I was laughing uncontrollably for 30 minutes, it's a good ab and, workout. Yeah. <laughs> it hurt. And another time I was just, I just felt like, I just feel great every time I do it, but it just, it just feels like you're healing your own body and you're connecting with something like the higher, like when I did it, I felt like I was connected. I saw that everything was connected and that everything is great. That is made. Like I 
literally solid connection to everything. So what do you call the higher power? Or like, what do you believe in? Like, do you subscribe to like, like a mainstream? God. Okay. Like, I believe in God, but I don't know if it's like, honestly, don't know if it's like how they describe it. Because it's like, would you wouldn't be able to describe God, would you? Really? Fair. <laughs> and from what I've seen, I don't know if that's God or not, but it's like, I didn't even, it's like, it's just, it's not comprehensible in the brain. I get that. Do you think... I, feel like. I feel like you comprehend more stuff while you are in this different physical like realm it feels like and then you're just not able to like translate it once you're back mm-hmm. gotcha not fully i've written some stuff down but it's like it's oh it's angry and just how great it felt like there's just so much love that's awesome do you think yeah. the fact that you had shamans on your mom's side and things like that do you think that's part of the reason uh, you're having these experiences yeah, that's what yeah i also think that and dying when i was younger probably has a little aspect into it are there any live, shamans now that are alive that you could like talk to i don't know i've been trying to contact one but i've been really busy lately fair really busy <laughs> i'm actually trying to work on a book right now too. that's cool yeah just on your experiences and stuff Mm-hmm. and just, just just basically not to give up would be the message to keep going that it will get better no matter what you just have to keep keep trying i like that don't listen to what anybody tells you do uh do you have a title for the book yet uh endurance i like that i just have to say like it's not over till it's over that's how i see it that's how i see it now like I agree I'm just, with that. I'm so driven now. I'm just I'm crushing everything in front of me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think what a lot of people, when you have chronic pain, a lot of people, like I was saying earlier, you look okay. So when you're like, oh, I'm tired, like I just can't. Like people could see me too, like in public. I'd have like, I'd be walking and be like, okay. Arm would just be shaking and stuff. Or my leg would be. But yeah, and other times you wouldn't see it. Like you're saying, you wouldn't see it. You'd see me just with the cane and be like, oh, he's broken. And that's how I felt. I was in that mentality like, oh, I'm, I'll never get better. I'll never, like, I never fix my mentality. And then I was like, it switched. Like a like a light bulb, it just switched. It was just, bam, I'm not giving up. I'm going to get better. I was like, after doing this breathing, I was like, I feel superhuman. And I will do this no matter what. Do you remember how you came across Wim Hof? Uh, my aunt that lives in North Carolina, she's a nurse. That's cool. One of her patients was, she said, was using it or something. So, and it's just, it's insane. All the benefits from all these different things. Like, I, I feel- never thought I'd be at this point again. I'm, I walk to work and it's two miles to work every day almost. I work out all the time. I have much more energy. That's awesome. So you were the daily chronic pain. I knew you had the instant with the roof and then, you know, you had things after that. How long would you say roughly you were in pain on a daily basis? Three years straight. Three years. Well, it really kicked up three years notches, but I was, I said probably like five. Okay. Like the first two years, it wasn't as bad, but the, 
like three years and I was like, I just couldn't move anymore. I didn't want to move. Yeah. As horrible as that sounds, but it I mean, yes, but at the same time I get it. Like you you can't sleep, you don't want to eat, you feel awful, you feel like you can't function, you don't want to go anywhere, but you feel like you have to, and when you try to, you feel even worse and people don't get it and you can't really explain it to people yeah. and then they're like, oh, and then they make jokes about all the pills you're and taking. They'll be like, you're and... crazy. Yeah. When you explain it, how it feels, they'll be like, you're crazy. Yeah. Or, oh, I could never do that. Or, oh, you must be exaggerating. Or... Yeah. Yep. I'd always be like, just a pimp with a cane. <laughs> as a joke. I had used crutches one time and I, uh, they were just like those standard gray hospital crutches. Uh, so I found, uh, duct tape that had like daisies all over it because i love daisies and i made them look pretty because i was like if i'm gonna use crutches and canes i'd use a cane at one point too i got like a sparkly cane so i'm like if i have to use a cane this young i was like 22 23 i was like it's gonna be pretty <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i gotta gotta look good while i'm doing it <laughs> yeah 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 it's gonna look pretty it like it's not if i have to use it we're gonna spend the extra five bucks for it to look cool that was that was when I realized when I didn't have to use the cane anymore. I was like, I can do this. So that was awesome. So you can now like hold your daughter and stuff, and yeah, that's awesome. When she's one and two months old. Aww. Yeah, Jackson was six. They're both cute. She loves to get in all of his toys and terrorize them. Of course, of course, that's what little siblings do, especially little right? sisters. She's, uh, I have a feeling he'll probably be like the protector though. Like when, you know, yeah, he's a little bit older. Like, he's like, did you say something to my sister? Oh. <laughs> he's like joking around and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, gotta keep working. So, the only, I feel like, the, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I just feel like the only way to get rid of that pain is to suffer more. <laughs> But different suffering. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's either you, you suffer where you're at or try and do something that may hurt in the process, but in the end will make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Pick your struggle. Right. <laughs> pick, pick your pain. <laughs> and that sounds really messed up. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, they don't want to hear that. I mean, I'm sure you were at a place at some points where if someone told you that you'd be like oh you know th- that's not okay and you'd probably get angry and but you do you choose your pain yeah. i used to get really mad on the medication too really mad all the time short-tempered and it was bad like i never like hit anybody or anything any family members or anything like that but it just got bad and i was like i just hated the way i just was yelling all the time i just hated it yeah it's this vicious cycle like, Mm-hmm. And then once I got off him, I realized how much angry, less angry I was, and everything changed. And started meditating, and I just can live my life now. And don't have to worry about it. I'm not in chronic pain all the time. Maybe a muscle foot like pain, but it's better than that. Well, and I feel like there's aches and pains that are supposed to be normal. normal. Yeah. Like, because it feels like I'm getting really strong again, too. That's honestly. awesome. Because I just, I use the quad machine. I can do 225 on the quads now. I remember 
after my car accident and I had to relearn how to walk doing those leg machines even at like 15 pounds I was like I can do 15 yep. pounds and Yo, it was like dude, I was, was so excited. excited five pounds yeah like it's been such a long journey I went from going one pound on the legs and then the arms I had these little weight I gonna have to sit here and do these with little three pound weights and I couldn't even lift them above my head yeah and I've gone up to finally benching my own body weight and stuff and just getting better getting stronger but I like it it's sore but it's better than being in chronic pain yeah yeah it also way more flexible I can almost do the splits <laughs> I haven't been able to do that since I was a teenager uh, haven't uh Good to I haven't tried, but I used to be able to do it in karate. That's fair. That's fair. Man, I missed that. That was fun. That's <laughs> <laughs> so random. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I remember I was in dance and they were trying to get us to do the splits. And it wasn't like we're toes to each shoulder, I guess. It was like the front to back type split. And so in you're not apparently supposed to do this, but we had like one foot up on like some folded gym mats and then like one foot on the ground and we were just kind of sitting there. So we weren't fully on the ground in a split yet. And then they came out and they pulled the mat away really fast. And then we all dropped to the floor and we were forced into a split. That hurt so bad. Oh, that sounds like that's really painful. Yeah, that hurts. I, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. I was later told, they're like that they should never should have done that apparently that's really bad yeah but yeah shit happens right Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep (laughs) like what do you do we gotta keep going (laughs) i like that uh mentality though of pick your pain yeah (laughs) How just long? Have... Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just saying, just have to. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Like, So you were basically, when your fiance became pregnant with your daughter is when you became motivated to pick your pain. Yeah. So she kind of saved you in a way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and my daughter was born. It was one of the most, like, I don't know. Once you hold your baby in your hand for the first time, it's just something inside of you changes. Yeah, he'll do anything for him. So beautiful. Yeah, I cried too when she was born. <laughs> it was beautiful. And you'll do anything for him, exactly. And that's what it was like. Is just It gave me that drive to just never... It's like, I'm doing this because I want to see my kids grow up. I don't care what it takes. It's funny, I've seen this thing and it's like... Uh... Every, every, a lot, almost every parent will say, you know, oh, I would die for my kids. And then someone once asked, well, would you live for them? Would you yeah. get healthy? Would you eat the right foods? Would you stop smoking? Would you get rid of your vices? Would you live for your kids? Of course, yeah. you die for them, but would you live for them? Because that's so much harder. Mm-hmm. And is. I feel like that's exactly what you People, did. I just don't know why. Like it's it's an enjoyment to be around your kids. It's, even if it's or by like you got to work in the day, it's still enjoyment. I feel like that's not, unfortunately, that's not the common mentality just, I feel like these days, though. People just take everything for granted, I feel like. Yeah. <sighs> My daughter likes to sit there with her passing and pass it back and forth and take it out of my mouth. 
put it in her mouth, and it goes, ah! <laughs> it there and goes, hi! <laughs> That's funny. It's almost like peekaboo. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone calls them so, something so different. Like, I've heard pacifier, I've heard passy, I've heard, my, yeah, my cousins would call it a bite. Pa- passy, pacifier, whatever you feel like calling it. Yeah. We call it, I call it passy sometimes. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, yeah, they, uh, it's awesome. I have so much more energy now. I can do way more things with my kids. Like, I, I wake up daily routine. I usually wake up at seven, go work out, and then hang out with the kids before I go to work and then walk to work, do my normal daily stuff, and then come home. I'm trying to write the book and everything. Do you have a rough idea of when that might be out? And like, do you know how you're going to publish it or anything? Or is this still like all, it's just like a baby, baby idea? Yeah, baby, okay. baby idea. Just okay. process. Right now I'm writing it down. I love that. Yeah. This podcast, I was going to write a book. And then I personally, like, I was like, I, I can't. Like, I don't want to. Like, I want to hear other people's stories. Yeah. Um, cause I had like half a book written and I stopped. Right. I, I had <laughs> chapters, I had everything and it was called speed bumps. That's where the name comes from. Oh, really? Yeah. That's I cool. had, I started this in college, the book and I just, I stopped. Wow. This is, <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. I, I was really nervous for this. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. It, I'm so glad that you came on and asked and reached out. You know, it's, I, I want people to ask me because I know some people aren't comfortable talking about it. And so I don't want to like push too much, but at the same time, I know people like you have these really great stories and I want them to be shared. So people who have chronic pain or people who, you know, um, were abused or they're, divorced or whatever the story is from the episode that these people can relate yeah so i appreciate that fact that yeah. even though you were nervous you came on all i know is that your past does not define you it's the person absolutely. you are now absolutely that's what you're ever for yeah so i try to be the best i can be i love that i like that yeah it's it it's a part of your story but not your whole story mm-hmm because obviously you wouldn't be here without all no. of that. But I would have never changed my mentality or at all. Because it was victim mentality for a long time. Yeah. Why me? Like, oh, why is this happening to me? Why? Like, why? Yeah. Like, what? Like, growing up getting beat, like, why? And getting bullied, and like, it's life. <laughs> I feel Maybe like crap. it's. <laughs> yeah. It's crappy stuff, but everyone goes through their shit. I feel like, and and I agree. I feel like, and some people are like, oh, that's really harsh. I'm like, but no, everyone goes through their stuff. You just never know. It's just different for everyone, right? And the crazy part is, a lot of people, some of the people who've gone through the crazy stuff, they don't realize how crazy it is until they start telling their story to the people, and they're like, wait, that is not normal. And they're like, wait, and like, that's happened to me. And I'm sure it's happened to you. Like, you'll start telling people something and they'll give you this look of like, that's not normal. Yeah. Like, what like, do you, what mean? you look normal. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It's like, you look normal. I was like, you should have seen me a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> Using a cane to get around. Yep. Didn't lift above 20 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm very glad that you, you know, your aunt introduced you to Wim Hof and you started finding all of these different alternative methods that obviously the doctors didn't tell you about that you had to find on your own that ended up saving you. Yeah. So I want to see if I think I kept doing it. I'd be dead by now. Agreed. Agreed. The Most pharmaceuticals are not meant to be taken long-term. And I was taking my gabapentin for a good year and a half. I think. I think I lasted like three days and then I refused to take it. <laughs> and I was like, well, they put me on non-narcotics because I don't, I can't do narcotics. Yeah. But, yeah, that stuff was nasty. <laughs> All I know is I'll never touch pills again from doctors. And I won't go to the doctor unless I absolutely need to. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty similar. I have this uh, stubborn, not stupid. You know, I've I'll go when I absolutely need to. Um, I'll take a prescription if I absolutely need to. Um, but it's not going to be a regular thing. Like, I, I don't yeah. swear off all pharma. And I don't judge people who do use pharma because I recognize that in some instances they are good. It's just they're overused. Mm-hmm. That's what I think I was on. I was just over. I just, my body just have tolerance to everything and just was like it's too much yeah and just kept taking it for a long time but then like all these natural like the psilocybin like that's just natural i mean it changes the chemical state in your brain if you do large amounts of it but it's it's natural stuff it's natural healing you look at all these things our ancestors use right boss you know yarrow and stuff I mean, e- even sun, like mm-hmm. sitting out in the sun, like when you have a really bad backache, mm-hmm. like that sun on a, that warm sun on your back, like that feels awesome. Mm-hmm. So many pay- people take too many. I think they take too many vitamins nowadays rather than actually getting their nutrients right. Away. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of our soil is doesn't have the same minerals, you know, mm-hmm. so. It, you can't get everything from food, but at the same time, then support local, support the stuff where you know what the soil is and, you know, the, the cows or the farms or whatever that is and get local foods. Like it's a win, win, win all around. All the food we get, like we get eggs and stuff from the Amish. We'll get meats from the Amish and stuff. So it's all a natural food. It's good food. Yeah. And we'll like, I've been wanting to get an Amish hat, but I'm not allowed to get one. <laughs> Why do you want to get an Amish like, hat? I have to ask. Because I just I want to be like go around get a little Amish suit, go go join them, and just, just I don't know. I like to mess with people. That's that inner kid coming out. Yeah, I love to mess with people. <laughs> So funny. Like I'll, I'll go up to random people to like, I, you know, as I go up to random people at Walmart, throw them a sword, like lightsaber, and start going crazy. <laughs> oh. 
one thing that happened to me, and I'm going to warn you, is because I was on so many pills for so long, and then I was like, I'm never taking anything again. So then I basically detoxed for like a year and a half, and then I I was forced to have surgery because I was bleeding internally, and the stuff that used to work actually started causing allergic reactions, and my tolerance for those medications went way down. So if you do, like, heaven forbid, have to, like, have to go back on something, start really low and recognize it probably won't work in the same way. Yeah. Because your body chemistry is different now. I don't even know if I would be able to take it. I wouldn't, I don't, wouldn't let myself take it. But even like a Motrin, even like a Motrin is different for me now. Yeah. That's crazy. Like Motrin 800 used to be like candy to me. I would take like two at a time, like every four hours. And like, it's, it's so bad for you, but I could. And like, I was totally fine. That's a lot. (laughs) I recently had to have a tooth pulled like a couple days ago. It was one of my back molars and it really hurts. So I'm like taking a Motrin 800 every eight, like 12 hours. But like one actually works now. And I'm like, this is, I never experienced this. That's weird. <laughs> this is weird. Right. So for all those who say I completely swore off pharma, I did not completely swore off pharma. I just use in moderation when absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's the thing with everything in moderation will be good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, heck, you can even drink too much water and get sick, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and it's water. <laughs> too bad for me, I can't tell how much water I have to drink. <laughs> oh, it sucks. <laughs> but it works. Well, Micah, I sincerely appreciate you coming on and sharing your stories. Um, would it, I know you, I mentioned before uh, we hit record. Can I still put your telegram in the show notes in case someone yeah. is like, hey, I want to talk about Wim Hof. Like, I want to know, you know, yeah. what you did for your back. Like, would that be okay? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, people, if you want to figure out, like, what he did, um, be respectful. Don't be a jerk. But you can message him on telegram and... You know, he'll tell you some of the stuff that he did. Obviously not medical advice. Go trust, go talk to a doctor if you want to, but you can hear some of the things that worked for him. Um, we are not doctors. We're not claiming anything that will work or won't work. I feel like I have to say that. <laughs> so, Thanks, yeah, thank you. And thank you everyone for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day.